Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. Welcome to another episode of Confetti Moments. I'm so glad you're here. On today's episode, I get a chance to sit down with Amy Smith of Keep a Book Out, and we are going to talk all about secret covers, who our favorite character is on Ted Lasso, and probably many other insightful things. So without further ado, welcome, Amy. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy for you to be here. I have to tell everybody. So before we started recording, we were having so many great conversations and I was like, Amy, okay, we have to stop. We have to start pressing record because these are too good. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so excited. Okay. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, so I'm a former second grade teacher before I had kids. I used to teach school, which I loved and I missed being in the classroom. Um, I have four kids. Their ages are 11, nine, six, and three. Um, me and my husband have been married almost 15 years for high school sweethearts, which is kind of fun. What else about me? I love French fries, sushis, and long walks at Disneyland. <laughs> that. So now my follow-up question for you is where are the best place to get French fries? It's such like, it goes with your mood. And I, we have talked about this before, but like, for me, it's wherever has the freshest French fries. They have to be like sizzling hot and perfect, but I love Freddy's. I know that's more of like a Midwest restaurant chain or, um, I mean, McDonald's fries are fantastic if they're super hot, but if they've cooled down at all, I don't want them. (laughs) I love it. And now is Freddy's in Arizona by chance? There is Freddy's in Arizona. And we actually have one down here in San Diego. Okay. One of my students was just talking about Freddy's because we were talking about French fries. And she also agrees that Freddy's is the best place to get French fries. I think it's islands though. Oh, see, and I haven't been to islands for a million years, but Freddy's French fries are like really skinny and thin and crispy. And then they have like, um, that seasoning salt on them. That's like kind of spicy. Yep. Nope. Okay. You, you and Freddie can be friends and I'll just hang out with the guys on the Island. Perfect. Um, okay. So everyone who's listening, we are starting, we're kicking off a really fun series all about book love. So this whole month I'm having really unique guests that all love picture books for a different reason. And how Amy and I connected was she started posting about secret covers. And it's funny because when I, first started loving picture books. I never even thought about secret covers. I never thought about picture book wallpaper. And then Amy came into my life and (laughs) like, I almost want to start seeing a whole new world right now because I did not know about this world and it is just the best world ever. So I need to know, have you always been in love with picture book covers? Is it, or secret covers? (laughs) Is this new? I need to know. So I think part of my love of picture books comes from the amount of thought and detail that goes into picture books. Like nothing in a picture book is accidental. You only have a certain amount of pages to show what you want and to say what you want. And so everything is very specific. And so if you don't know, a secret cover is when the book cover is different than the book jacket. So the book jacket that wraps around um, if the picture is different on the inside than it is on when you take the cover off, if that makes sense, the book jacket off, the dust jacket. Um, and I just think 
authors and illustrators pour their hearts and souls. And if they find it important enough to include something different, then like, it's going to be a great surprise, right? It's done. It's intentional. And it's just, they're always so fun and perfect. And I just love discovering them. I love that. So what made you start your IG account? Did it have to do with secret covers? It did not. So I love talking picture books. Obviously it's one of my favorite things. And since leaving the classroom, it was kind of like sad to be out of that world a little bit where you had a lot of people to talk to about them. And obviously I read with my kids a lot, but it's not the same as discussing with other grownups or talking about that kind of thing. But I also would always have friends ask me for book recommendations because they knew I loved books specifically around holidays. It was always like, what's your favorite Christmas book? And so I was like, you know what, I should just put all of this in one central place where it's like easy to talk about and easy to share. And so that's how Keep a Book Out was born. I love it. Now, did it start during the pandemic or before? It was before. So it was in October of 2019. So before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, it became like this lifeline, right? To be social and to connect with other people. It's been so much fun. Oh my gosh. I love it. I know. I feel like that's like when you and I connected about your secret covers. So I need to know, do you know any like gossip about secret covers? Cause I think I know a few things about like what publishers don't do it. And then which ones are like, they always do it. Do you have any insight? Well, I do. Okay. So I'll just tell you, I don't know any like official gossip, but I oh, do yeah, know. Uh, like, yeah. Y'all right now, this is off the record. We all don't speculation. Really know any real gossip. This is just like what we think. <laughs> So what I do know is that they're expensive. So it's an added expense to the book to add a secret cover. So there's that. I feel like, um, Chronicle kids always has fantastic secret covers. So good. I also feel like Abrams has a lot of good secret covers, but it just kind of depends. I mean, there's some publishers that I routinely, I mean, I always check, but there's a lot that like, there's certain publishers that you don't usually see them a lot from. So So what we're going to say right now is Harper Collins, please do secret covers because we really like it. (laughs) I'll say it. Please. Y'all know I love Harper. Anything they publish, I like have to have. So yeah. yeah. And then I was just thinking, I swear, if you came into my classroom, you would be like a celebrity because (laughs) I still forget about secret covers. I don't know why. I think I'm just in my head every morning. Okay, we got to do this, this, this. Like, let's do open the magic, which I love and I don't rush it. But sometimes I don't think about secret covers. And I have a child in my room. I like to call that child the secret cover police because (laughs) if I do not show them, they're like, excuse me, is there a secret cover? And I'll look at the, um, the spine. And if it's Harper, I'll be like, well, no. And probably not. Why not? And then if it's not like, oh, darn it, I got to like, you know, show them or whatever. But it's so funny. They keep me so accountable. And I love their, like their excitement with it. On Friday, a couple weeks ago, we read Inside Cat. Have you read Inside Cat? I just, I have it in a pile to share right now. It has a great secret cover. Has a fantastic secret cover. And I'm, (laughs) if you all follow me a lot, you know, I'm just not an animal person. So I didn't really (laughs) want to get that book. But then when it became so big for the mock Caldecott and all the things, I got it. And I absolutely love the secret cover. I love what it talks about. And so now I have to ask you, what are some of your favorite secret cover picture books? And then any books that give you like a confetti moment that you love talking about? Sure. So um, there's a couple illustrators that tend to have really good secret covers. Dan Santat is one of them. Yes. They're always fantastic. So are um, David Roberts of the questionnaires and 
uh, how to bait the cat. He always has fantastic secret covers. So they're always ones that when I see a book by them, I always check. And have you taught your kids the secret to like how to check if there's a secret cover, if you're not like without taking the cover off? No. <laughs> so if you look at a stack of books, if you have a book laying down flat on the desk and you look at the side of it, Yep. So you can usually see if you tilt up, see how you can see that the the dust jacket matches. It's usually look at the bottom. The bottom's easier to see. So you can see how the dust jacket matches the picture on front of it. Yes, everyone. So if it doesn't match, you will be able to see that it doesn't match up. So you can look at a stack of 20 books and pick out really <laughs> pick out really quick. Um which ones for sure have a secret cover. It's not foolproof. Every once in a while they'll still kind of line up or it'll be like a solid color. So you can't tell, Ooh, but this there's is, a little trick. I love the tricks. Always good. And then, okay, but um, some books that have given me confetti moments. Yes. It's kind of hard to narrow them down. Um, and I went with ones that have recently given me confetti moments, not like historically. So <laughs> they're kind of new, but um, Nanette's Baguette by Mo Willems <laughs> yes. is one of my favorites. And had I read it as a teacher, I probably would not have felt this way, but after reading it as a mom, like I adore Nanette's mom, like with everything that happens with Nanette going on the errand to get the baguette, she comes home and the mom's just like, it's fine. Let's reset. Right. She doesn't get angry. She doesn't get frustrated. She just rolls with it. And she's such a cute mom. So that's one that currently gives me like confetti moments. I love after the fall with Dan Santat. Um, I can't read here. We are by Oliver Jeffers without crying. My kids love it. And we read it. The one with the planet on the front. Yep. Um, and then one, so we have talked about this before, but so my mom was one of the ones who instilled my love of picture books and her absolute favorite picture book was Miss Rumpheus by <gasps> Barbara Cooney. And so that one always gives me confetti moments because I can't read it without thinking of her. I love so, that. Yeah. And, and everyone... then I also included uh, Carol and the Pickle Toad. <laughs> oh yes. That's a good one too. I love that one. Amy, a couple, oh gosh, I don't even know how long ago it was, but Amy asked me if I had seen something on Dan Santat or you were, did you tell me about the Colby Sharp interview? Okay. Yeah. With so, about, about after the fall of my yeah, So Dan Santat, Colby Sharp interviewed Dan Santat about after the fall. And, um, I will share that I deal with anxiety. And so I went and listened to it and I just fell apart and like cried half of the episode. <laughs> So then Amazing. I reached out to Dan and asked him if he'd come on my podcast. So if you're interested in listening to that episode, I'll put it down in the show notes. But again, man, Amy, you are getting so many like shout outs today about <laughs> all my joy of picture books. I love it. It's fun to chat about them. I know, right? And Amy didn't share something else. She was talking earlier about how she loved to help her friends with different holiday picture books, but she didn't tell you her favorite holiday picture book collection. And we are very different in that area. Can you <laughs> tell everybody what your favorite picture book holiday is? I love Halloween picture books. I love them so much. They're so fun. I love that. And you actually, there was one you recommended this year that I can't remember now because it feels like so long ago, but it was so good. And oh, I can't remember. What's your favorite? Holiday? Oh, Halloween picture book. Goodness. I love, um, one of my favorites is Cinderella skeleton, yes. which is a fun one. And then I also love, I'm going to draw a blank really quick. It's okay. a hot pink cover Gustavo. Oh yes. Gustavo. Do you know that another one's coming out, right? Yes. I'm so excited. So Gustavo is one of my favorites. And then the other one is, um, oh my goodness. I'm going to totally draw a blank, but it's the one about the boy 
There's a graphic novel about him now too. The little boy who helps the ghost do his chores. Sir Simon. Oh yes, 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 yeah. That's the one. And I got it this year. I love so it. Cute. It's so good. Yes. And I will have to say, I go back and forth between Christmas, Avi, but really Valentine's Day picture books are my absolute favorite. Okay. What's your favorite Valentine's Day book? Because I was just thinking today that like my Valentine's Day picture book collection probably could use some new additions. Okay, so, well, like you shared about um, Mrs. Rumpheus. So one of my favorite picture books my mom got for me when I was a kid at the library called Valentine's Day Foxes. Uh And I hadn't seen it in years. And I talked about it on my Instagram. My mom was watching. And so two years ago, she found me another edition of it off of Thrift Books. Uh And it's like my favorite. But I would say currently, I think my favorite is... um, nobody hugs a cactus I just love that book oh the illustrations of that book are so cute so good like the tumbleweed it just kills me every time (laughs) so cute I know I actually last weekend um I put up my valentine's day books and now I'm trying to think like I love what's another really good gosh I I love them all that's a problem I love them all and that's (laughs) where we're gonna go right there but you know, it's important to love things, right? Like Ted Lasso says to, well, he doesn't say this, but this is like who he is about loving everything and just being happy. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm totally digressing everybody, but I just <laughs> got into the Ted Lasso world. I am so late to the party, but I'm obsessed. And so we're going to take a quick interview, not interview, a quick intermission from our <laughs> conversation about books to talk about Ted Lasso. So Amy, tell us who is your favorite character on Ted Lasso? Okay. So this is funny because I mean, if you know me, I'm very like, uh, straight laced. Like I don't do anything adventurous or anything crazy, but I love Roy Kent. I think he is so funny. He's like so dry. I mean, he has a very big potty mouth, which is funny because I'm the exact opposite of that. I never swear, but he's just so funny, but I feel like he's got a heart of gold and I just, he has the best little like one-liners. I just, he makes me laugh so hard. I have a sticker on my laptop of him that says, um, never settle for fine. Oh gosh. See, now I understand what that means. Cause when you showed me a couple weeks ago, I didn't know. And now I know. Thank you so much for that relationship advice. Um, Have you seen the episode yet where he's reading a book and he can't put it down? Um, was that when he's at Keely's house? Yeah. And he's reading angels and demons. Yes. I, that episode makes me laugh so hard because it's like not at all what you would peg him for, but it's so funny how he gets so into his book. I love I it. Know, I love it. I would say my favorite character is Keely. Because she's so funny. She's hilarious. She wants to help everybody. And then if you just look like, you know, people will probably judge her just, and like, she's just amazing. And I just yes. love that about her. And she's such a go-getter. I love it. I love the boss too. I love them all. They're so great. I'm still trying to love Nate. Like I like Nate, <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious of how his character is going to play out. Yes. I have my, husband loves, my husband loves coach beard. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> he's not my favorite. I don't know, but I do love Roy Kent and I love how you're like, he's a man of few words. Yeah, he is. He pretty much only says two words. But and one of them you can't repeat. Nope. This podcast, they will not be on this podcast. They will not. So sorry. Oh man. What if what the announcers say? They're like, sorry for the fruity language. <laughs> I know. I'm so surprised that he's my favorite, but 
I just love him. I love it. I love it. And you're right. You can't settle for fine. So with that, thank you so much, everybody, for enjoying our quick commercial break about Ted Lasso. If you love Ted Lasso as much as I do, come find me on Ramona or Amy on Keep a Book Out and <laughs> we chat can with us now. about him. Okay, so back to our real conversation. So I, I think I did a pretty good job paralleling this because you are so creative. Thank you. If I even tried to make some of the things you make for your bookies and everybody, she'll tell you about what those are in a second. Like I couldn't even get close to fine. It would just be (laughs) like a dumpster fire trash experience before it even got close to fine. So tell us about what is a bookie? How did you get started? And (laughs) when do I get one? I know. Right. So I told, I told Courtney that I would try to figure out how to make gluten-free bookies for her. We've never tried it, but I'm going to try just for you. Um, so bookies are sugar cookies that are are decorated with, uh, illustrations from children's books. And I started decorating sugar cookies. Um, let me think it has been nine years, I think since I started decorating them. So to be clear, nine years ago, had I just picked up a book and tried to make it look like a book or a cookie and tried to make it look like a book illustration, it would not have gone well. So it would have been the dumpster fire. Okay. It would have been for sure. So the first time I ever tried to do a bookie was after, and I haven't, I'm not like a pastry chef. I just have watched a lot of YouTube videos. Like (laughs) I'm self-trained. So I'm sure if an actual pastry chef watched me do cookies, they would be like, you're doing that all wrong. But, um, my third, my son who's 11 now for his third birthday wanted to have a pigeon themed birthday party. Like a don't let pigeon drive the bus birthday party. And that was before any of these book characters had like merch, right? I couldn't go buy pigeon merch. <laughs> like I could now you could find that kind of stuff. But, um, so I wanted to, I made pigeon sugar cookies and he, the pigeon was holding like a little sign post, you know, his little signs and they said happy birthday on him or like, you know, happy third birthday or had a number three or something. So that was my first attempt. And they, I had to like hand cut. I didn't have a cookie cutter, obviously that was shaped like a pigeon. So I had to hand cut the cookie dough. So they were not my finest work. <laughs> but, um, I think you need to post a picture for everybody. Can I find one this, this live. <laughs> Cause we're only going to judge. Is it a dumpster fire or is it amazing? I almost just said something Roy Ken says, um, <laughs> is it amazing or is it like, you're just being modest. Cause I'm sure if you're cutting out dough, well, it's not a dumpster fire. I have learned a lot about how to make cookies shaped the way you want and that kind of thing since then. So they weren't my prettiest work, but he was happy with them, which was what the important thing was. And then later on, I made like, um, in his preschool class, they did a Pete, the cat like recital. And so I made Pete, the cat cookies. That's kind of how it got started. And then after I started keep a book out, I was like, Oh, that would be fun. A fun way to like celebrate new books or books that I love or illustrators that I love. And that's kind of where it started. So I love it. What has been your favorite bookie that you've made to date? To date? Um, I think officer buckle and Gloria. Okay. Or Carol and the pickle toad. Those were fun ones too. I don't know. Every time I make a set, I'm like so in love with them that I like get so excited or listen, listen was a really fun one too. Oh, love that them. one was really pretty. I loved your thank you, Mr. Falker one. Cause that's like, 
That was my first attempt at doing like humans, which I kind of try to <laughs> steer clear of their heart. Clear of the human. Was your mom um, creative like you? Um, she did not bake cookies um, like that, but yeah, she was creative. She painted and um, she was always up for like, you know, like nineties crafting, like painting wood dec- decor for the house or that kind of stuff. So we it. always had creative stuff happening at our house for sure. Oh, that's so fun. So fun. Oh, okay. If you could interview an author, who would it be? And I'm going to throw in an illustrator as well. Ooh, a curveball. Um, so I put for my author, when I was thinking through this, I put um, Ezra Jack Keats from the snowy day. Yes. I think it would be fun to talk to him or Patricia Polacco. Okay. Like who wouldn't want to sit down for lunch with Patricia? Oh, I tell my kids <laughs> if Patricia Polacco or RJ Palacio walk in this classroom, you're going to oh. see your teacher faint. So just be ready. Have you read pony yet? Not yet, but I've listened to a lot of podcasts about it. And then I believe on Colby, she read part of it. So I listened to that and I was definitely intrigued. I have it, but it's, n- it's been checked out so much that I never can get it in my room. You have to read it. It's fantastic. But um, yeah, so I'm like, I would love to sit down with Patricia and then, um, illustrator, gosh, it'd be fun to talk to Christian Robinson or Oliver Jeffers oh, or Dan Santat. He seems so fun. <laughs> I know who else you would like to talk to the Pumphrey brothers. Oh yes. I would love to talk to the Pumphrey brothers. I feel like I chat with them all the time on Instagram. I feel like we're friends. I'm like, want to meet them in real life. <laughs> oh my God. Just go to, cause don't they live in Austin? Yeah. They live in Texas. So just, you know, go, move, go to Austin. <laughs> just swing by there. Like what in the world? <laughs> Hi, excuse me. Excuse me. We're BFFs. You didn't know. Oh gosh. That would be you know, the world today, that might be a little weird, but Hey, you know, it might be book loves. I love it. Or just, I don't know how to describe it. When you love, when you love books, you can't help it. It's so fun to talk about. Yes, I agree. I feel like I already asked you this, but I want to know if there's anything you wanted to add. Like, why do you love picture books? If you had to tell me in one sentence, why you love them, what would it be? In one sentence. That's a hard question. Um, I think it's because I kind of alluded to it earlier, but um, because it's such a powerful form of writing, like it's writing at its most simplistic, Mm -hmm. but picture books convey so much in like, what is it? 32 pages is what the average picture book gets. You only get 32 pages and 32 pages worth of pictures to convey what you want. And so I feel like each one's like a little tiny masterpiece, right? It's like, everything's dialed in to say exactly what they want to say and to convey the message they want to convey. And because of that, it like makes it so easy to absorb the messages that they're giving, you know, and to share them with others. And they inspire so many different emotions and stuff. I think because of their simplicity, which is what I love. Oh, I just love that. I was talking to Lisa Phipps of Starfish the other day mm-hmm. and we, we did an author visit with my class and they were asking would you ever write a picture book and she was just like praise be all authors who write picture books it's one of the hardest things to so do. hard yeah because you only can have the 28 to 32 pages to emote so much emotion yeah well and we always talk about like a Patricia Polacco book is a chapter book in picture book form uh-huh. <laughs> and they're comfy kids 
they're beautiful. But then when you read something from like, um, like I think of like the incredible book eating boy or something like that, like it's so simple, but it's so powerful emotionally, you know, or after the fall or any of those books, they just, they're, they're not chapter books, but they convey such big emotions and such big, um, messages. Right. We read this past week, we read wishes. Oh, love that book. And it has like no words, no words. And like all the kids, it was like dead silent in my room. Like we were all feeling it. Yeah. And an amazing secret cover. Yes. They loved (laughs) that secret cover, but so, so true. As a mom, I know you go to this place and I'm trying to get better about going to this place because I've had to reel in my book budget a little bit. And so I'm trying to go to the library first Mm -hmm. before I then buy. And so I know there's other people listening that are also on that same journey. So can you tell us how often you go to the library and Mm -hmm. then what is your library and reading life? What does it look like at your home? Okay. So the way it works at our house, so I have four kids that read. My three-year-old doesn't read obviously himself yet, but he likes to be read too. So I, I personally put all of my books on hold that I want to read from my phone. I'm like constantly, I see a book. I just add it to my holds list always. And then, um, we go to the library during the summer for sure. Once a week, sometimes twice a week during the school year, we usually go every other week just because my kids are in school and it's trickier. Our library here has really lame hours. That's the biggest problem. They're only open till four o'clock and they're not open on the weekend. Um, I don't understand. Right. I'm like, okay. And my kids have one early release day, but it, we have piano, so we can't go to the library that day. Anyway. So library trips are really short. So my kids get, I grab all my holds and then they each get to pick five books which doesn't seem like a lot, but that's 20 books. <laughs> Just their five, Plus yours. right? So we get on average, we have anywhere from 30 to 60 books checked out at a time. Um, which the, the lady at the library was like, there's a limit of 20 books. And then she was like, but not really. They'll let you check out more. They just say that. And I was like, that was the wrong person to tell that secret to. <laughs> You're like, you don't know. Me, um, but yeah, so we, my older two usually grab chapter books and then Obviously my younger one grabs picture, my younger two grab picture books most of the time. And then I grab a whole stack of whatever I feel like is <laughs> whatever's on hold. It's always a surprise to see what comes in. <laughs> the whole surprise has been really fun. When I get an email and it's like, oh, this book is there. I'm like, oh, it's like, I go. the worst though, the worst is a good secret cover on a library book. Cause you can't share that on Instagram. It's like a <laughs> prying yeah. that like plastic cover up to see it. Yeah. But my little, my three-year-old does do that in his car seat on the way home from the library. He'll be like, mom, there's the secret cover. And you look back and he has like the book inside out holding the thing up. It's really cute. Oh my gosh. I love it. You're creating such an experience for your kids. (laughs) And I think that's like why I'm so passionate about this whole mission is because like what you're doing that is so good because it's going to go with your child through their entire life. So the more that we make reading fun for kids of every age, they won't by third grade is like proven by data and all the things that by third grade, that's where it's like the make or break. And I think that there's people like you and myself and so many other book loving people that I feel like maybe, <laughs> maybe the slump is going to go up. We can help it. We can help it. I, there's a statistic that I love too, about, um, 
reading aloud to kids and I, I don't have it right in front of me, but, um, there was a survey scholastic did of kids of all ages. And it was, um, like the average kid after age eight was not being read aloud to in their home anymore, but the average, like 79% of kids, eight to 12 loved being read to. So it's like, there's that whole gap where people think like you can read on your own. I don't have to read aloud anymore to you. And those kids miss that. And it's such a chance to connect with them. So Agreed. I know. I think my parents in my classroom are probably sick of me because every week I like say, read to your child, read to your child. (laughs) My little like jingle, like instead of like, good morning, it's read to your child. Please read. Is there (laughs) anything else before we get into my rapid fire questions? Is there anything else you want me to ask or that you want to tell the people that you didn't get to share? Mm, Not that I could think of. Okay. All right. So the next questions are just one word responses. I mean, you can elaborate if you want, but you do not have to. And these questions are very hard for bookful people because we so hard can't ever pick a favorite. So I will let everyone know this is the choices that Amy makes are for this moment right now. And it'll probably change in like five minutes. So just letting you know now. And all the books that Amy has talked about today will be in the show notes as well. Okay, here we go. What book are you most excited for to come out in 2022? Okay, this is the only one I have more than one answer for. So I'm really excited for Nigel and the Moon by Antoine Edie. Um, The Pumphrey Brothers have a new book coming out somewhere in the bio. Also, two of my absolute all-time favorites are like By Our Powers Combined, um, The Great Zamfino by Mac Barnett and Marla Frazee. Can't wait. And then Dan Santet has a graphic novel coming out, The Aquanaut. Oh my gosh. I love this because every book you just said, I do not know. Oh, well. I did know Dan's, but the first three. Yep. Yeah. I'm so excited. That's so fun. I was so pumping. (laughs) Okay. Favorite author, favorite illustrator. I put the Pumphrey brothers. So Jarrett and Jerome Pumphrey, they work together to author and illustrate. So they count for both. And you should go on YouTube, everyone, and watch their process on how they make their books. It's so cool. And did you know that um, in the old boat, they all their stamps were made from recycled? They took, it's amazing. You should head over to their Instagram. They take an old dishwasher from the thrift store and they melt down all the parts in their backyard to make the stamps for the old boat. So cool. Praise be to all the creative people (laughs) in the world. Right? Favorite place to read. In my bed. <laughs> in my bed. Okay. In my bed. If you could put yourself in a book, which book would it be? This was the hardest one for me to choose because there's so many good ones. But I feel like um, I would love to live in any of David Litchfield's books. Yes. They're just like magical and colorful. And like, there's such an energy about them. Plus there's people and also animals. I'm like, why is the bear playing piano and the dogs playing the violin? And there's people in the audience. I love it. I'm here for it. Oh my gosh. He <laughs> is very popular this month because you're not the only person that has said that man's name. Really? He's yes. amazing. I love his I know, book. I love this. This is awesome. Favorite book character. Mm, this one was real hard, but I'm going to go with currently right now, Annabelle from Extra Yarn. <gasps> oh. I love her. I think there's so much that book, like so deep and she's such a giver of light, you know, like she just wants everyone to be happy and cozy and that's the best. What a great way to end 
this episode with that moment. I just like, I was quiet for a second because I just like felt it. And like, that's what the world needs. The world needs more people that give each other light. Yes. And who fight for those good vibes, you know? And what I also love in that book is all of her, if you haven't read Extra Yarn, she knits and then she gives something to everybody, but they're all connected. So each like sweater is connected to the next person's sweater or sock. And I'm just like, I love that like powerful image of everybody having this connection from this one person that makes them feel included. Okay. I don't mean to bring Ted Lasso up again, but I'm (laughs) going to, because I'm at that point where I want to connect everything to Ted Lasso, but it kind of makes me think about, I was thinking about the show driving to get my nails done today of how they really put out that everyone deals with certain things in their lives. And we are the way we are because of our past. And, but like, it can change. And I feel like his character, like Ted Lasso, he he has a past obviously, but like his sunshine, I feel like people think people who are like that are like trying to please people or trying to, I don't know, but it's like, no, he just wants to be a good person. I mean, yes, there is stuff that we learn, but anywho, besides yeah. that, like he just wants the the world to be a better place, just like the character you just said. And I feel like all of us in that bookful community were like that too. And so yeah, keep on giving your sunshine. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. I, plan I love it. I love it as much as possible. Oh, where can my Confetti Moments listeners find you and connect with you? Um, I'm at keep a book, keep a book out goodness, um, on all the major social media channels. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Wait, do you hold up? Do you do Twitter? Um, I am on Twitter, but I'm real bad at posting on Twitter. It's one of my goals this year to figure it out. Cause I'm 900 years old, apparently. Well, I am too. And I try every summer, literally <laughs> like seriously, if, they, if you could see a graph, it's like nothing, nothing July. Oh, okay. I'm going to try. All right. Nope. I don't like it. Okay, and then next July, those are too many words, and I don't like words. I mean, I do I'm like definitely words, mostly on Instagram. I just like the, the picture. What about TikTok? I, I try, and I'm just not a Gen X, Gen Zer, so I can't. Do it. <laughs> TikTok is fun. It's like fluffy. I feel like, you know, it's fluffy fun. Maybe one day I'll get cool and try that. But it has been such an honor to have you on Confetti Moments. And I can't wait for people to get to hear this episode and fall in love with books just as much as we have. Oh, I love it. Books are the best. Thanks for having me. They are. They are. Picture books are our jam. Truly. Friends, I love a good graphic tee, don't you? Did you know that I just launched my new magic wear? Yes, that's right. I have new designs, colors, clothing, cups, and hats. You can celebrate the love of reading by rocking an open the magic hat to the beach, a picture books are my jam shirt to the gym, and sip your chai tea latte on Fridays like me in a all new All the Confetti Moments logo mug. Order today by visiting my shop at bit.ly backslash magic wear store. Again, That's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash M-A-G-I-C-W-E-A-R-S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's open the magic together and spread the love of reading all around the world. Hey, teachers, how are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers 
with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic.